Dig a Bit, a podcast for women who want to dig into the meat of God's Word for a bit. We are glad you have taken a few minutes out of your day to listen. Our host is Cindy Colley from thecolleyhouse.org. Now grab your Bible and let's dig in. Hi there. I hope that you're having a great day, and I hope that you have begun to dig into the book of Luke for month eight of our glory study. If you're current with us, it's April of 2020, and as you know, it is a somewhat dark time for our country and for the world because we're dealing with COVID-19, the coronavirus, and many of us, all of us really should be fairly isolated from one another this month because of the government regulations that have been placed upon us and because of the dangers that there are in spreading this disease that is so crippling to America, especially to our vulnerable and to our economy at this time. I have really struggled and I know that I am not alone as I struggle to um, be okay without face-to-face contact with my brothers and sisters in Christ, without those family smiles, I mean real smiles in real time, and without those hugs, but especially without worshiping together. I frankly did not realize the great impact that has practically made its way into my life because of the fact that I get to be with other Christians around the throne as we are worshiping God. It's our physical presence together is a very deep and meaningful part of our Christianity, and it makes me glorify God all the more for His wisdom in making that the case, in putting us in groups, and in even commanding that we physically assemble, that we meet together. And so if you are like me right now, you're struggling. You are waking up in the mornings and thinking, okay, now, you know, let's say it's Friday, and you think, oh good, it's finally Friday. And then the thought crosses your mind, and what makes Friday? any different from any other day. We're not finishing up a work week, most of us. We're not looking forward to the Lord's Day where we will assemble together. It seems like that our, as Christians, our lives are punctuated by the times that we come together, and when those are missing, we are one long run-on sentence that becomes very tiresome. Now, I don't want you to think, though, that Cindy Colley does not understand how very, very blessed she is. As I look around me, I do fall to my knees and thank my Father that I am so very, very blessed in, oh, just a multiplicity of ways, physically, spiritually, in my marriage relationship, in my relationship with my children, in the protection that God's given us thus far from this virus. And as I was thinking about how hard it is to stay upbeat when we are away from our family in Christ, I began our study this month in Luke chapter 1. And I, I 
of the verses that I'm about to mention to you as we're leading up to those glory passages in chapter 2, in each one of these passages, I could spend 45 minutes at least talking about each one of these passages. But what I want us to take from Luke chapter 1, just for a very few minutes right now, is that these statements that I'm about to point out to you were made specifically to Mary, specifically to Elizabeth, specifically from the mouth of Zacharias. And as we look at these statements, I want us to notice the very powerful impact of each one of these statements on us, especially as we face dark times. Now, these were specific statements to and from specific people surrounding the birth of our Lord Jesus. But I'm telling you what, these are big and powerful statements of His glory to each one of us, but collectively to the whole world and all of its history. All of the people who have been involved in the history of the world are profoundly impacted by the statements of comfort that are found in Luke 1. And if you can walk away from Luke 1, even in the midst of what is what seems to be a dark and depressing time, if you can walk away from Luke 1 without comfort, without knowing that you are extremely blessed, then there's something wrong with the way that you're thinking. And there might be something wrong with the way most of us are thinking right now. Let's take a look at this and let's receive comfort and encouragement. And let's determine that even in this dark time, we are going to find ways. And they're popping up all around us. I am amazed at how the family of God has responded and has made this opportunity a, a chance for our revival, our spiritual revival, and a chance for evangelistic outreach from the church to the world. So let's look at Luke 1 at some specific passages. I'm not really going to elaborate very much on them because you can see their application to you and you can determine that you are going to look at these verses and realize how very blessed you are. Luke chapter 1 verse 25 and here we have as we're looking at, at this, we have Elizabeth conceiving and hiding herself for five months and saying, verse 25, So has the Lord dealt with me in the days wherein he looked on me to take away my reproach among men. She's talking about how that the Lord had looked down on her and kept her from the barrenness that, especially in that day, was a reproach. Boy, though, that verse has wild and far-reaching implications for us. The Lord has looked down on Cindy Colley. I can put my name in each one of these verses. The Lord has looked down on Cindy Colley and dealt with me to take away my reproach. And, of course, my reproach, the one that is ungetoverable, is my sin. And the Lord has looked down on me and taken away my reproach. In 1 verse 30, by this time, the angel is talking to Mary, and the angel says, Fear not, Mary, for you have found favor with God. You know, there is fear in torment. There is fear in understanding that for all of eternity I am lost. 
Now, I understand here that he was looking down on Mary and saying, don't be afraid about this child that's going to be born to you. And he's saying, because you have found favor with God. Oh, but can't I say that in a, in a, can't we universally say that in a big way? I don't have to fear because I, Cindy Colley, have found favor with God. So I could put my name in that verse. Fear not, Cindy Colley, for you have found favor with God. I'm infinitely thankful for that favor. Then we look at verse 48. And in verse 48, Mary is talking. She's come together with Elizabeth now. And, oh wow, I got to sing these words over in Jerusalem, in the place where traditionally it is believed that... um, I believe we sang this in the place where it's traditionally believed that the tomb, that Jesus' tomb was. No, I believe this was actually, this is um, a cathedral and it is the traditional place where the angel did appear to Mary. But we sang these words in that cathedral over there in a place where the acoustics were just amazing. But here's what Mary said, My soul does magnify the Lord And my spirit has rejoiced in God, my Savior. Here's my passage, verse 48. For he has regarded the low estate of his handmaiden. He has regarded the low estate of his handmaiden. I can put my name there. He's regarded the low estate of his handmaiden, Cindy Colley. Now, I'm not going to give birth to the Savior, but through the Savior, He has given the new birth to me when I was so undeserving. He has regarded the low estate of his handmaiden, Cindy Colley. It doesn't matter if the days are dark around me. They're very temporary because he's regarded my low estate. Verse 52. This is still Mary's song here. He has put down the mighty from their seats, and he has exalted them of low degree. Well, this is Mary thinking, can any good thing come out of Nazareth? That's what was thought about Nazareth. And she was a poor handmaiden from the from the disreputable little village of Nazareth. I saw Nazareth when I was over in the Bible lands as well. And at the time of Jesus' birth, there may have been 50 households there. It was a small place. And she says in verse 52, he has exalted those people. She was thinking of herself even at that time. Those people who are of low degree. Spiritually, I was lost. I was of low degree. I can put my name there. He has exalted me, Cindy Colley, who was of low degree. Verse 58 Now we have Elizabeth's full time having come so that she had delivered John the Baptist. She brought forth a son and her neighbors and her cousins heard. What did they hear? Verse 58. How that the Lord had showed great mercy on her. I can put my name there. The Lord has showed great mercy on Cindy Colley. And I want my neighbors to know that. I don't want to become, uh, I don't want to feel sorry for myself 
in this time when I'm not able to associate with other people, I want to always constantly think about the fact that no matter what happens on this earth, God has shown great mercy on me. Let's skip on down to verse in the late 70s there, 77, 78. This is Zacharias, verse 67, we know that, who has been filled with the Holy Ghost and the Holy Spirit, and he's prophesying here. And he talks about the mercy of God, verse 71, that we, we would be saved from our enemies. We, ladies, have a great enemy. And he is the enemy of all enemies. In fact, we wouldn't have any earthly enemies if it weren't for the fact that sin entered the world through our number one enemy, Satan. And verse 71, I can put my name there, that Cindy Colley should be saved from her enemy. Verse 78, still Zechariah's talking. Let's look at 77. To give knowledge of salvation unto his people by the remission of their sins. I can put my name there. To give knowledge. This is John the Baptist giving knowledge. But John the Baptist and the other holy inspired prophets and apostles gave knowledge of salvation to Cindy Colley by the remission of her sins. I'm extremely from my low estate blessed by that fact. Verse 78, through the tender mercy, I love that word, those words, tender mercy, through the tender mercy of our God, whereby the day spring, some translations may say the dawn from on high has visited us. I love that word. I love the King James word, day spring. That word there means the first light of morning. We were in a dark place. We think we're in a dark place with this virus. This is just some little semblance. Some, it could represent it. The sickness and disease of sin could be represented by sickness and disease here on this earth. But we were in a dark place without any hope. And the tender mercy of our God reached down and gave us the first light of the morning the day spring. Well, Cindy, how do you know that that's about light? Well, we find that word one other place in Scripture. We find it in Job chapter 38, verse 12. And this is in a little bit of a different context where God is talking to Job about how that God is infinite in his knowledge and power. And Job, what have you done? How, what, who would you be to argue with any of the plans of God? And then he's asking Job a series of questions. And in verse 12, have you commanded the morning since your days began and caused the day spring to know its place? Are you the one who regulates when the sun comes up, when the light hits the earth in the mornings? Well, and I could go into a lot of scientific, um, I guess, dissertation about how that it's not really the, the sun that's coming up, but we know that... God has orchestrated it so that our earth is positioned just in the right the right distance from the sun so that we'll neither freeze nor burn up. And if we were 10% moved either way, we could not survive on this planet. 
and that God is the one who causes us to have the regularity of days and nights. He is the one who presents the day spring, the light to us. Well, the light in Luke chapter 1 and verse 78 is Jesus Christ. He is the day spring. He is the dawn, the, the hope. You know, when you first see that light in the morning, you know that it's going to get bright. You know that you're going to have, uh, if you live, you're going to have a day of light. And you can predict the with great predictability. In fact, we can Google and know exactly when the sun will rise and set because God has ordered that. And whatever God orders is served up. Oh, wow. This, this verse is saying, though, that Jesus Christ, and Matthew even says that he's the light of the world. To give light, the day spring from on high has visited us. The dawn, the first light of the morning has come to give light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death to guide our feet into the way of peace. I'm telling you what, there are some senses right now in which we look around us and we see that we are sitting in darkness and we're in the shadow of death. And in a much bigger way, are we in the shadow of death spiritually? But God has given us the dawn. He's given us that little bit of light that promises us great light. In a, what Revelation describes as a city that doesn't need the sun because the Lamb is the light thereof. Jesus Christ is the light. He is the day spring. He is the first light of the morning. And maybe what we're seeing right now is just the first light of the morning. But when we get around the throne, we'll see the, the noonday. And that lamb, that day spring, that light that's Jesus Christ will be all the light that we need. I was in darkness. Verse 79. Let me just put my name in these verses through the tender mercy of our God whereby the day spring from on high has visited Cindy Colley to give light to Cindy Colley who was sitting in darkness and in the shadow of death to guide Cindy Colley's feet into the way of peace <laughs> that's my Jesus and I'm so thankful, especially on days when I look around and I see darkness around me. I am so grateful for Luke chapter 1. I want to challenge you to read it again and put your name in those verses. You might even want to print them out and put your name in those verses on your fridge for the month of April. And know that I'm praying for you. And I covet your prayers as we go through this time together. I hope you have a good day.